It's wonderful to see everybody here this morning. It has been a wonderful, uplifting service so far. Song service was beautiful. Uh, got me excited. I uh, appreciate very much the prayer on my behalf. Thank you, Stanley. Uh, certainly my prayer that the things that we have to say will be edifying the truth. I appreciate the, the prayer for calmness this morning. Uh, there are uh, parts of the, the, of the, the morning uh, that are not the most comfortable things to, 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 to preach about. Uh, and I certainly appreciate, appreciate the prayer of this morning. Uh, last week... Last week, uh, Brent uh, brought back, uh, as he mentioned, a lesson that he had had, a few, that he's had in the past, that he preached uh, several years ago uh, about parenting, did an excellent job. And uh, that kind of inspired me uh, on the subject of this morning. So I, I thought this morning uh, we would do the opposite side of that pancake this morning and uh, have things directed to the young people a little bit. And I had an old lesson, I thought about it, and I thought, you know, I, I think that's what I'll do. I said, I'm not sure how long it's been since I preached that, but I'll, I'll dig it up and see. Been 19 years. Uh, things have changed a little bit. So uh, the lesson has changed a little bit uh, from uh, when I gave that 19 years ago. Uh, the issues have changed. God word, God's Word has not changed and will not change. But the issues certainly have. So uh, I'm going to be going through uh, some of this pretty quickly and then parts of it that uh, we need to discuss a little more fully, uh, I may slow down uh, a little bit on, because things have definitely uh, changed some in the, over the last 19 years. <clears throat> so certainly uh, a lot of the scriptures we're going to use uh, apply to young people. Uh, most apply to all of us. So I hope, certainly hope that all of us can get, uh, be edified by the lesson this morning. Young people, when you're young, it's the best time to begin your service to God. Ecclesiastes 12 and 1 says, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the years draw near, when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Because what happens, as you all know, as time goes, uh, our bodies start to wear out. Our minds are not as sharp as they used to. We don't have the energy. I don't have the strength, the energy, uh, the mind uh, that I had 19 years ago when I preached this the first time. And 10 years from now, if, if God gives me that, uh, I'm probably not going to have the strength and the thinking and the energy that I have today. So young people, what I want to encourage you is to begin. If you have not uh, began being serious about your service to God, I encourage you to do that now. Remember your Creator when you're young. Because you're not going to have all, all the, everything that you have to serve Him, you're not always going to have. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12 says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example of the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. That word despise means to think against. Do sometimes people that are older think against the young? Unfortunately, sometimes we do. Ah, oh, these kids today. Don't let others despise you when you're young, especially because of you're young. But you know the way to keep that from happening? Be an example. Be an example in word. Be an example in the things that you say. Be an example in conduct, the things that you do. Don't do those things that the others, that, that other young people and, uh, that you see uh, taking part in sin, don't take part in those things. Don't talk like they do, like you, like you see in the world. Be an example in love. Be kind. It may not be natural for the kids your age and maybe the people that you see just to be kind and show love towards other people. Do that. In faith, in spirit, your spirituality. Let people see that in your life. Let your, let your light uh, shine so that they'll see Christ living in you. And in purity, the decisions that you make with your body, the things that you allow to go into your mind, the things that you do, allow those things to be pure and be an example 
you know what will happen? They won't despise your youth. They won't think against your youth because you're being an example. Even a child is known by his deeds whether, that, whether what he does is pure and right. What are you known by? Are you known as somebody that makes good decisions? Do the other kids around you, do they know you're not going to take part you're not going to take part in some kind of sin. You're not going to go to that party, so there's no sense in inviting you. Are you known that you're not going to speak badly, that you're not going to do bad things, you're going to make good decisions, you're going to be kind? That's how you should be known as a Christian. Young, but a Christian. Who I remember growing up, uh, in Turkey, and I'm certainly not using this example, you know, was lifting myself up, but there were some things I didn't do that I saw some of the other ones do. And there's one particular kid that, you know, gave me a hard time pretty much my whole school days about, you know, the things I didn't take part in and making fun of me and some things like that. And when we graduated, to my shock, he came up and said, I, I wish I would have been strong like you. And again, I'm absolutely not saying that to lift myself up. I'm telling you, young people, they're watching. Your peers are watching. Older people are watching you. Be an example of the believers. Because that's what you're going to be known by. <clears throat> you need to begin your service to God while you have some really good examples to follow. You're not always going to have those. 2 Timothy 1 and 5, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. You know, I don't have my Aunt Birdie anymore, but I've got her example. Young people, take advantage of those examples that you have with you right now. You're not always going to have them. Follow them. Talk to those people. Learn the things that they've been into. Watch them. Pay attention. Those things are important. Look for that genuine faith that you have in so many people here around you this morning that love you, family, Christian family that loves you. Follow those examples that it'll be in you also. As Paul wrote to young Timothy. 2 Timothy 3 and 15, it says, And that from, a ch that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. The earlier you start, the more you can grow. It'll make you wise. From a child, start learning those things. And I know so many of you parents are doing a wonderful job of teaching your kids and studying the Bible with them, memory verses, and, and so many good things, and, you know, continue those things. Young people, as you get older and more of that responsibility becomes yours, study the Scriptures. Make them, uh, make them have them inside of you. If they come to your mind when you're, when you're faced with situations in the world, they'll make you wise and they'll help you to make good decisions. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good word. And young people, I don't know where you are in some of the issues that we're going to talk about this morning. You know. God knows. Maybe your parents know. You may need some reproof. You may need some correction. All of us may. But for sure, this morning, we're going to be receiving instruction and righteousness so that we can be thoroughly equipped, so that you can be ready. The things that we find in God's Word, young people, will help you in the decisions and in the difficult situations that you find yourselves growing up in this world. Let them equip you and be ready uh, to put them to work in your life. We need to honor and obey our parents. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. 
we need to do what our parents tell us to do and have us to do. As long as those things are in the Lord and they're, and they're good things, they're not things that would be, if they ask us to sin, certainly hope no one in here and you don't have any parents that would ask you to sin. But outside of that, we need to do what our parents tell us to do. We need to obey our parents in the Lord. It's the right thing to do. Honor. That means how we obey them. The attitude that we obey them in. The respect that we give them. We need to give that to them. Why? That it may be well and you may live long on the earth. Remember as a kid growing up in Turkey, lived at the bottom of a hill. And when it rained, man, that, when it rained hard, the water would really flow down that hill. And it was, it was a really fun place to play. And neighborhood kids, uh, sometimes if it rained like that, we'd get out there and, and wade as that water was pretty high. Well, it, it rained, uh, and, and I was ready to get out there. So my mom said, put some shoes on. Go out there with shoes. Well, nobody else is wearing shoes. Why don't I have to wear shoes? Put your shoes on. So I put my shoes on, and then when I got a couple of blocks away, I took the shoes off. She had told me, you need to wear those shoes because you're going to cut your foot. I got in there and I cut my foot. So I got out of there and blood was flowing from the bottom of my foot. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Uh, I went in the house. I, I don't know what I did with the other shoes, but evidently I wasn't using my head. But I went back to the house and I cleaned my foot off one more time in the muddy water. And I thought, I'm going to get through the house. I had to go all the way through the dining room, the living room, the hallway, through my parents' bedroom, and into that bathroom is where the band-aids and all that stuff was. So I had to go all the way through the house. So I cleaned my foot up the best I could and took off through the house and tried my best not to let my foot hit the bottom of the floor. Got in there and started cleaning it up. Well, here come my mother. Well, there was blood on every footstep throughout the whole house. So she cleaned me up, and then after I cleaned up, went in there, and she was just going from spot to spot on her hands and knees, cleaning up the blood. And I can't remember if I got a spanking or not. I should have. But I do remember watching her on her hands and knees go all through the house cleaning up after me. You know, it made an impression on me, and I was like, you know, she was right. I really, really wish I would have listened to her. Young people, listen to your parents, that it may be well with you, so you may live long on the earth. Proverbs 1 and 8, My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. Chains about your neck, think about a necklace. You know, we're talking about ornaments, things that are pretty, things that are becoming, things that people look at you and, and, and think good things of you. That's how instruction needs to be. The things that our parents say and teach us, they need to be ornaments. They need to show who we are and be good things because those things are coming out in our life. Our parents teach us to make good decisions and do good things and talk the right way. And when we do those things, that's an ornament for the world to see. Yeah, not to bring glory to ourselves, but to bring glory to God. Proverbs 30 and 17, The eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. You know, I've always thought that verse and just a disgusting picture comes to my mind. I think of something dead on the highway and the birds come and start picking at it. And you know what they go at first? They go at the, the soft parts. You know, an eyeball is going to be one of the first things that those birds go after. Isn't that disgusting to even think about? Yet it's no more disgusting than a child that mocks his father, that scorns obedience towards his mother. That's ugly. And it doesn't need to be a part of us. Deuteronomy 21, beginning in verse 18. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his mother or the voice of his, excuse me, of his father or the voice of his mother, and who, when they have chastised him, will not heed them, 
Then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of the city, to the gate of his city. And they shall say to the elders of the city, The sons of ours are stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall put away from evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Don't you wish we were still under the Old Testament law? If you disobey your parents, and then they, they would chastise you, they'd correct you, get on you, maybe punish you, but you're stubborn and you're rebellious and you do those things anyway, after they've tried and tried to correct you and you will not heed, how would you like it if they brought them up here at the church and got us elders and say, they're stubborn and rebellious, I've tried to correct them, they won't listen to me, still doing what they want to do. So we're going to drag you out, out there uh, to, the, uh, to the city limit sign. Then we're going to pick, rock, pick up rocks and we're going to throw rocks at you until they kill you. Again, we know that, that was Old Testament law. How does God feel about it? How does God feel about stubborn and rebellious children? This should tell us. Young people, you're going to make mistakes, and your parents love you, and they're going to correct you. And hopefully we get better from those things, and there's, no, and there's nothing wrong with that, from learning from our mistakes and doing better, and learning to obey our parents. If they chastise you, and you won't listen, and you're stubborn and rebellious, that's a problem. That's a spiritual problem. It's a problem between you and your God. And we don't need to be like that. It's evil. Verse 21 says. Colossians 3 and 20. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to God. Don't we want to please God, please our Creator, remember our Creator while we're young? We want to please our parents. Proverbs 10 and verse 1 says, The Proverbs of Solomon, A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. You know, when things are good, good in the house, it's pleasant. When we've done things that, that we're supposed to do, we've done the chores we're supposed to do, we're respectful to our parents, aren't things good? Our parents are pleased with us. They're glad. They want to, want to spend more time with us. They want to uh, maybe have some fun things and maybe reward you for some of those things. And Things are good. But a foolish son is the grief of his mother. Make your parents glad. Make the Lord glad in what you do. As young people, we need to respect the elderly. This is something that seems to be be going away. And I know so many of you here, you young parents, you're you're doing a great job of teaching that. We need to respect the elderly. Leviticus 19 and 32 says, You shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man and fear your God. I am the Lord. We need to fear God. We need to have a reverent respect for our Creator. And in doing that, young people, a way that you show that respect for God is by honoring the elderly. Well, how do we do that? Speak to them. Speak nicely to them. If they ask you a question, slow down and talk to them. And be respectful. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Thank you. Please. Hold the door open for them. If they drop something, pick it up for them. Slow down. And look at their example. Look at the genuine faith that they have and show that in the way that you act towards them. 2 Kings, the, the second chapter. It's a story of uh, Elisha. And he had done a good thing. This prophet had gone down to the city and, and they were ha- they, the, the water was bad there. Uh, nothing would grow. And he went down there and he performed a miracle and he healed the water, healed the land. And then while he was leaving that place, we'll take the story up here in 2 Kings 2 and 23. Then he went up from there to Bethel, and as he was going up the road, some youths came from the city and mocked him and said to him, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. So he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. 
two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youths. Was that funny? Was that funny to make, to make fun of him? 42 of them, two female bears came and mauled 42 of these young people that did this. Again, it's not something that's funny, and it's not something that we should take part in. Proverbs 16 and 31 says, The silver-haired head is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. Again, young people, take advantage of the time that you have with the older people. Follow their example and honor them. They have earned that gray head. They've earned that bald head. Respect them. Be nice to them. Give them the respect that God expects you to give to them. God expects you to deny temptations. 2 Timothy 2 and 22 says, Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the name, on the name, who call on the name of the call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. Flee. What does it mean to flee? Have you ever seen Callum Pinkerton flee from a snake? He'll flee. Doesn't want any part of it. It's what we need to do with youthful lusts, young people, and all of us. Flee. Get away from it. Don't have anything to do with it. Be afraid of it. Get away. Get ourselves out of those situations and pursue something else. Faith, love, peace with those who call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. With those who call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. Who do you need to spend your time with? Not with people that's going to tempt you and, and be around these youthful lusts. You need to do these other things with those that call on the name of the Lord. You got strength from each other. Use that strength. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says, No temptation has taken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. We may think, boy, this, you know, nobody could have got out of that. Yes, you can. Whatever sinful, tempting situation that you find yourself in, you can escape it if you will choose to. That way of escape is there if you will choose to take it. But so many times when we're tempted, we will see that sin, we'll see that temptation, and we may cross our mind, but there's a decision made whether I'm going to escape or not. And when we sin, we choose not to escape. Because that way to escape is there. What about alcohol and drugs? Proverbs 20 and 1 says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Drugs and alcohol will mock you. It will make fun of you. It'll make a fool of you. And if you're led away from it, you're not wise. It may start with something you think is pretty innocent. This vaping thing is getting pretty serious. It's easy to put something in those things that you don't need to have any part of. And it's easy to get addicted to those things. But you know what happens? You get addicted to that, and then you decide you want to try something a little stronger. You're not getting the buzz that maybe you got when you started. So you think, ah, it's marijuana. Everybody's doing it. It's legal in some states. It's not that big a deal. So we do that. And the next thing you know, you're caught up and... and Meth and heroin, fentanyl, which we've heard so much in the, in, the, in the news about, that's so deadly. 
You think, why would somebody do that? Why would somebody take a drug that we've heard so much about in the news that, I mean, that it can kill you? Because you've gone down that track, you're not thinking right. All you want is that high, and you want something that'll get you a little higher the next time because, well, the other stuff won't do it anymore. And we think, oh, I would never do that. Don't start with any of it. It's a mocker. Proverbs 23, beginning 29. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine. Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it uh, sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. It can be very tempting. It can look really good. It can look really fun. It can look like I'll be popular. Verse 32, At the last, it bites like a serpent, stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things, and your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you will be like one who lies in the midst of the sea, or like one who lies at the top of the mast, saying, They have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have beaten me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake that I may seek another drink? Remember when I was in college? Got up one morning, went into the bathroom, get ready for class, and there was one of the guys that lived in the dorm with me, sound asleep on the floor, dirty floor of this bathroom, in a pool of blood and vomit had got really drunk, had gotten a fight, had got hit in the head with a beer bottle. He didn't know. He didn't care. He was in the floor wallowing in it, sleeping it off. Wounds without cause. How do I get this? How do I get myself in this mess? What did I do last night? It is dangerous, and it's wrong, and it's something that should not be part of your life. Romans 14 and 21 says, it is, it is good neither to eat meat or drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. I realize this is talking about, you know, eating meats that's been offered to idols and some, and some things, you know, between the Jews and the Gentiles. And we don't need to judge other people and those things. And, and this chapter talks a lot about those things. But notice it says it's good not to do those things if it causes our brother to be offended or is made weak. If you saw me at Chili's drinking last night, would you be listening to me this morning? Would you have any respect for anything that I have to say this morning? Could I function as an elder? We need to be careful about the influence that we have on other people and who we offend by what we do. Ephesians 5 and 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is, is dissipation. Uh, King James Version says in excess. Uh, that means that you get drunk and drunker and continues down that. Instead of that, be filled with the Spirit. It is a sin to get drunk. We need to avoid that. Galatians 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you before is... Just as I have told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Drunkenness and revelries, revelries are wild drinking parties. Drunkenness and wild drinking parties are works of the flesh. And they're listed right amongst these things. Young people do not give in to these temptations. 
We need to deny ourselves of sexual sin. God expects chastity from you. He expects ab- absence from sexual activity outside of marriage. If you are young and you're not married, sexual activity is fornication. That is outside of marriage and not something that you should take part in. If you're married, sexual activity outside of your marriage, that's adultery. We should not take part in these things. These are sin. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Sanctification means set apart. That you should abstain from sexual immorality. Young people, if you abstain from sexual immorality, you're set apart from the world. As a Christian, those things should not be a part of your life. That each of you should know how to possess his vessel, that's your body. You should know how to control your body in sanctification and honor. Again, use your body in a way that shows that you are set apart from the world. And you can honor your Creator. Honor your God. Verse 5, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. This is something that's this, it's, this is one of those things, uh, one of these subjects that has changed a lot in the last 19 years. And what we see in the world, what we see accepted. You can't find a wholesome family show that teaches family values on the TV anymore. And the movies are just full of filth and just glorifying fornication, glorifying sexual sins. And the world's teaching you that all that's okay. Should not be for us. 1 Corinthians 6 through 20, beginning in verse 12. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by His power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of an harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to an harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Scripture tells us to flee sexual immorality. When we're joined with someone else in one body, that is reserved for marriage. We should not be engaged in that outside of marriage. We need to flee it. Verse 20 Why? Because you're bought with a price. Christ paid a high, high price for you and for me. Therefore, okay, because Christ paid such a high price for us, we need to glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We need to use our body to bring glory to God and make good decisions with it. Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetous, let it not be even named among you as is fitting for saints. Not even named among us. 
1 Corinthians 6, beginning in verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. This is from the King James Version. As I did some word studies on that, I, I thought uh, for my purposes this morning and, and for what I found that uh, this King James Version, the words were a little more uh, what I wanted to get across. Scripture says, be not deceived. The world, your peers, your friends, Hollywood, everything around you is trying to deceive you that fornication is okay. That these sexual sins are okay. It says, nor effeminate. Men don't need to be acting like women. Men do not need to be dressing like women. Women do not need to be acting like men. Women do not need to be dressing like men. Now this is being thrown at you hard that this is okay. It is not. And we don't need to let the blows that we're receiving from the, wor from the world soften us up on this. This is not acceptable. Abusers of themselves with mankind, that's homosexuality. It's being thrown at us like uh, we need, you need to accept that. And oh, you're being judgmental. We don't need to be mean. We don't need to be mean to people who are transgenders. Who are cross-dressers. Who are homosexuals. We need to love them. And we need to be an example to them. And we need to lead them to Christ. And help them all we can. But we are not to be accepting of them. Christ said in Matthew the 7th chapter, By their fruits ye shall know them. We need to recognize them, and we don't need to be influenced by the world that's telling us you need to accept all this. All this is okay, it's not sinful, and we must not. That doesn't mean we're going to be mean. Doesn't mean we're going to have posters and, and shouting ugly things at them, protesting publicly, and doesn't mean any of that. It means we recognize it. We don't get comfortable with it. We don't accept it. And we be an example to them and try to teach them out of that as we have opportunity and not be influenced by those things. Romans, the first chapter, beginning in verse 24. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust for one another." Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, He gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness. And I'm going to skip down to verse 32 as it lists all these other sins. Verse 32 says, Who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death not only do the same but also approve of those who practice them. That's what I'm talking about. We as the church must not approve of those who practice these things. Doesn't mean be mean. Doesn't mean to be vocal. It doesn't mean to be act like everybody else in the world who's, who's complaining and being loud and abusive. 
to other people. Be kind. Love them. Teach them. Be an example to them. But do not approve it. Deuteronomy 22 and 5 says, A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. Again, I realize this is an Old Testament scripture, but we know how God feels about this. Men should not be trying to look like a woman. And a woman should not be trying to look like a man. That is wrong. God does not want us to do that and to act like that. Genesis, the first chapter, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. God created male and female. He expects men to be men and women to be women. And that's what we need to be. And we do not need to be influenced by so much that's trying to get us out of this, that's trying to make a stand for us, to try to make us feel guilty for not just being accepting of these things. Do not feel guilty about that. Be nice. Do not approve. God expects you to overcome peer pressure. Do not give in to others who try to convince you to partake in sin. Proverbs 1 and verse 10. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spool. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Oh, come with us. Come with this party. Come try this vape. Oh, it's okay. We need to be nice to those people and we need to be accepting of those people that's partaking in this sin. You're being judgmental if you don't think everybody's okay with that. Don't be enticed. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33 says, Do not be deceived. Evil communication corrupt good habits. Don't let all this that we're being fed give you anything that, that changes your mind or weakens you against what the will of God is for your life. Evil company will corrupt good manners. If you're around it and around it and around it, you're going to start getting soft towards it. And you will start accepting it. Because that's exactly what it does, is it corrupts good habits. Do not be deceived. Don't think, oh, it's not gonna, I'm not going to change my mind. I'm always going to be strong. Things are way different than they were 19 years ago. There's a lot of things that's approved now that wasn't approved 19 years ago. But not in the church. 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has, has light with darkness. Unequally yoked means that you're in some kind of relationship where the other part of that relationship is more powerful than you. Certainly talk about this when we're, when we're finding somebody that we want to marry. If we're unequally yoked with an unbeliever, it's going to be very hard for us to be a Christian if we're married to somebody that's, that's an unbeliever. And if they're stronger than us and they begin to weaken us and we become where well, we're not as strong as we should and serving God that we should and going to church assemblies like we should because we've married an unbeliever, then we're unequally yoked. 
We can be unequally yoked with our friends. If those friends convince us to do things that they shouldn't, that we shouldn't, okay, we're unequally yoked. We don't need to be around that. If we're in a job that wants us to sin, and we do though, and we commit that sin for the sake of that job, we're unequally yoked. You need to overcome peer pressure and not be unequally yoked amongst your friends that can convince you to do things, say things that you shouldn't. Proverbs 4 and 14, Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it, do not travel on it, turn away from it and pass on. Six times. Do not enter in it. Do not walk in it in it. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away. Pass by. Do whatever you have to do to get away from that temptation and the pressure that you're feeling. Don't let it influence you. God expects you to stand up to those things. Be nice. Be an example. Don't approve. Why? James 1 and 12 says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Isn't that what you want, young people? Isn't that what we all want? At the end of our days is to receive that crown of life which has been promised to us if we love him. If we love him, we're going to obey his commandments. A few positive instructions. Titus 2 and verse 6 says, Likewise, exhort young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself a pattern of good works, and doctrine showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, not uh, having nothing evil to say of you. We need to have a pattern of good works. Not every once in a while, but day after day, we need to have a pattern of good works so that the world and those that we're around knows what to expect from us. And it's going to be godly decisions. It's going to be godly actions. It's going to be godly speech. A pattern. 1 Timothy 4 and 12 says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example in all those things that we begin the lesson with. Don't let them think evil against you because you're doing all these things. And by doing all these things, you're being an example. We need to learn the scriptures from our youth. 2 Timothy 3 and 15, And that from a childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I hope that's what we've done this morning, is to equip you for every good work. Young people, study the scriptures. Don't think, when I'm older, I'll do these things. Okay, when I get into high school, I'll start being more serious about my service to God. When I graduate from high school, when I go to college, when I get a real job, when I get married, when I have kids, we can put it off and put it off and put it off. Study the scriptures and learn it now and practice those things. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Get to growing. Grow from God's word. Attend the services. Hebrews 10 and 25. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. You young people, you need to be stirring each other up. Stir each other up to good works. To doing the right thing. To making good decisions. Spend time with one another. Come to the services and be built up. What is your desire this morning? 1 John 2 and 15 says, Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not, the, 
is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Don't love the things in the world. Don't let your desire be being popular, be being cool, being like the world, being afraid to stand out. We need to be a peculiar people. You need to be a a peculiar people among your youth. Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You should be a sacrifice to God, your life. Set your mind on things above not on things of the earth. The world is trying to get you to focus on other things, trying to get you to focus on sin and what's popular. You need to set your mind on things above. Life is short. Verse 16, But now you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth too good, to doeth it not. To him it is sin. The scripture talks about how life is just a vapor and it just disappears. You're going to be older. You're not going to be youth long. Make the decisions now that help you handle the things the world is flowing at you. Last scripture this morning, Luke, the second chapter, beginning in verse 43. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him saying were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Young people, when you're not around your parents, when you're not around the church, are you about your father's business? Can it be assumed that you're about your father's business? The lesson is yours this morning. Maybe those who have never obeyed the gospel, if you've not done that, we would invite you to do that this morning. And you can leave here with your sins washed away. If you've done that and there's a, you have a problem in your life, you have sin in your life, you need help from the church and you'd like the prayers, we'd ask you to come forward now as we stand and sing the song selected.